How you doing? I was born ready, coach. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Always. How are you doing, sir? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Everybody wants to talk about something. And there's so much stuff to talk about. So why not talk about something cool that we all can enjoy? Welcome to Something Basketball, your English-spoken basketball podcast straight out of Germany. I'm your host JB and we'll bring you facts and stories from around the German Bundesliga as well as insights from all across Europe. The Something Basketball credo is to let those speak their minds who are chasing their dreams far away from home. It's not for everybody, which is, you know, why this podcast's goal is to spread veterans' wisdom and give rookies an outlet to share what obstacles may lie in front of them. In our very first episode, 14-year pro William Hatcher was kind enough to let me pick his brain, and now we move on and approach someone who's pulling the strings from inside the coaching box. A total four Bundesliga teams that made the playoffs last spring will enter the 1920 season with a new captain on deck, setting sail to challenge those veteran coaches who have been the driving forces behind the league's powerhouses. Here comes Mr. Pete Strobel, head coach with the Basketball Löwen Braunschweig. Yes, that's the program where both Dennis Schröder and Daniel Theis made their pro debuts as teenagers. Strobel served as an assistant coach with Radio Farm Oven the past three years and takes over the Hellman Braunschweig on a 2 plus 1 year contract. 41 years of age, a nine-year playing career under his belt, Pete Strobel is one of those guys whose energy is nothing but contagious. He is not just a coach committed to basketball, but a four-time father with open eyes and ears when it comes to life outside the gym as well. The last time Braunschweig made the playoffs prior to this spring's run was in 2012, when Schröder and Theis averaged around 8 minutes per game. Seven years later, a lot has changed for the better, as game day attendance grew from 2,500 to 3,400 spectators on average over the past three campaigns. You can clearly tell Braunschweig is on the move and ready for the next level, which did not go unnoticed within the players' circuit. In Kareem Yellow, a born 97, and Kostya Moshidi, who's a 98, two high-profile youngsters joined the club over the summer, with Yellow signing on a three-year contract. You can clearly tell Braunschweig is on the move and ready for the next level, which did not go unnoticed within the players' circuit. In Kareem Yellow, a born 97, and Kostya Moshidi, who's a 98, two high-profile youngsters joined the club over the summer, with Yellow signing on a three-year contract. A super-interesting German core, proven yet not peaking internationals to surround them, Strobel has put together a team that has to be reckoned with. Good enough for me to stick to the Something Basketball podcast theme where we adopt the good old triple threat position. But instead of shoot, pass and dribble, in Strobel's case, we'll go with social media, patience and drive. As I got Pete on the phone after an evening preseason practice. Pete Schrubel, for the Something Basketball podcast, we got to talk about social media. 
I mean, we can talk about what's going on in the gym. We can talk about what's going outside the gym. We can talk about assistant coaches turning head coaches. Um, but with you, we got to talk about social media. Um, and what caught my attention is, is everybody is on social media these days, especially coaches, but nobody really uses this as an outlet. Um, but I got to admit that, uh, but I have to admit that Twitter has come to life thanks to you, sir. Uh, so talk about talk about your intentions going to Twitter yes. and and giving us all those you know great two hundred and forty letters or whatever the the length of the a tweet may be. What what's the idea behind that? I mean, the, the idea behind that is you know coming from where I'm from. So I'm born and raised in America. Have have had the wonderful opportunity to travel the world meet a lot of amazing people, learn to speak a couple of different languages, absorb a lot of new culture and just kind of assimilate and acclimate myself to this, this type of lifestyle. Obviously I still have family and friends at home. So to me, social media kind of started with Facebook kind of evolved into Twitter a little bit. And it basically started as a way of just kind of staying in touch and just letting people just kind of have a glimpse into some of the things that we're doing. And as social media has grown, you, you have to keep in mind, I, I didn't grow up in that world. That was something that, that I adapted to. There's, there's kids these days that they grew up with a phone in their hand. So to me, in, in the beginning, with all due respect, I wasn't as interested in, in what somebody had for lunch or even where they were going on vacation. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I grew up reading the newspaper. I grew up with, with a thirst and a hunger for knowledge. But then social media kind of became an amazing source of news for basketball. So if you wanted to know where a player signed or where a coach did this or a, a, a new play or a new wrinkle on the system and all those different things that kind of happen on a, on a daily basis in the basketball world, I think having that phone at the palm of your hand, Twitter kind of assumed the role of allowing you to choose who would be your news sources, right? So for me, in, in terms of just expressing myself, I think it gave people a chance to, get a feel for my philosophy, my, my ideas on life, my, my belief in, in having a strong family, my joys of traveling the world. It's just kind of just been a little bit of everything. There's been no real intent or means or goal or purpose other than to just use it for what it is and just kind of experiment a little bit. Yeah. And, and I truly believe that, um, especially players, um, really are into what you are writing on, on Twitter, especially. I mean, at, at least that, that's my perception. Um, you know, the, the old dinosaur idea was always, yeah, coaches and players are working inside the gym and that's where they spend time together. But, you know, through all those social media outlets, now you can, you know, gather outside the gym as well, if, if you will, and get in touch with, with one another, even if the one is, you know, coaching in Braunschweig and the other one is playing some ball in Israel or Spain or wherever it may be. So, so what's been your experience as you got more and more active on, on Twitter with, uh, with players, especially? Yeah. I mean, just as you've mentioned, I've noticed that certain players will like or retweet or comment on something that I write. And I, I think they have a feel for, for my personality in terms of I'm a former player. So I know what it's like to go through preseason and, and train multiple times a day and just kind of go through the grueling, pain that some coaches want to put you through in terms of, all right, let's just see if we can break these guys and go out on the track and run a bunch of circles, right? So to me, just in terms of interacting and relating with players, 
I'm not sure that that's that's my intent, I, and I don't even look at people as you're a player, you're a coach, you're a, an American, you're a German, you're a this. It's like we're all just people, man. So Twitter allows you to connect with people in ways that perhaps you couldn't anticipate, and you get a chance to just kind of see somebody's personality, their sense of humor, things that are important to them. So if, if a player likes something I say or they, they write a comment, it's probably something about hard work or being positive or just kind of embracing life and just attacking it every single day with, with a hungry attitude. Those are kind of things that I, I live my life by. So I, for sure, I, I attract people that either have the, a similar mindset or are working on gaining that mindset. And uh, on the flip side of that coin, I'm also equally interested in players that are active, that have a progressive summer training plan, guys that, that love the game, guys that are into the game, guys that are students of the game that are high basketball IQ guys that, that love learning and getting better. And it's, it, it's a great way to stay in touch with former players for sure. Guys that I've coached in different places, but it's also a way to kind of keep an eye on guys that maybe I'm interested in coaching at some point in time in the future. So all of those different players that, that perhaps you've mentioned that I interact with, those are guys that, that are interesting to me and perhaps on the flip side of the coin, I'm interested, I'm interesting to them, but it's not done with any type of business aspect other than staying informed and just kind of just living life and just randomly putting out information that kind of expresses what I'm doing and what I'm thinking at that point in time to me, being positive and appreciating what you have are two things that I, I think separate certain people. I think we all go through life and, and some people are treading, some people are swimming fast and some people are kind of holding the boat back a little bit. Right. So we're all energy and full of energy and some people are giving off that energy some people are taking energy so for me i would love to think that hopefully i've had the chance to inspire somebody to work harder somebody to believe a little bit more somebody to have just a tad more confidence somebody to understand a drill somebody to understand what it's like to live in this world because it is a special world man basketball is a such a beautiful sport that we get we get compensated to do this thing that we all grew up doing for free, right? Like we all started doing this thing out of, out of passion and love. So to think that there's people around the world that, that pay money to go watch games is amazing. It's amazing that, that we have a chance to wear this pair of shoes and do what we do every single day. So I, I appreciate that. I'm thankful for that. And I'll always do my best to, to share knowledge and give out to others that, that want to know more about it. Absolutely. Right. And, and you said, you know, you talked about absorbing the energy um and i always feel like social media is a great way to uh for for people far far away from from us over here in germany to absorb some kind of that energy even if it's you know it's it's out there in, in written form um but by by reading those lines you can feel like hey, these people over here are working with passion they're given everything they got um, and as you, you so elaborately stated it, you know, they are attacking uh, their goals, um, especially when, when you receive some, some feedbacks from whether it's family or friends or players or coaches from, from overseas back in the States. Um, has somebody of, of those guys or those, those, those folks reached out to you about what it is like, what it's like to work overseas in Europe, what it, what the, the culture is like. And um, especially after I stumbled across uh, over, over one of your tweets, uh, August 4th, mental toughness 
Imagine squeezing everything important into two suitcases, leaving your family and friends behind for almost a year for a new world where the language and culture are completely different. That's what overseas pros do at the end of every summer. I thought this is extremely, for one, inspiring, and it's an awful lot of food for thought. Um, you know, when, when you think of what, whether it's coaches or players, what you know those people go through every summer. Some some of them not really knowing what situation they might come into at the end of the summer. Yeah, I mean for sure. Like like you think to to the. It's sad, man, but you think about most Americans, it's like, if you don't have a reason, America's a very, very big place. There's there's a lot of Americans that don't even have a passport, right? So there's a lot of Americans that are, are extremely proud of, of who we are and what we stand for and freedom and confidence and all these things that come with it, but they've never even been outside of America to compare, right? To compare good or bad, just to, just to see a different place. So you think about the stress that comes with some people when they have to travel to a different state, let alone to a different city, and they got to pack a bag for a couple of days, but they get to go back home. They get to go back home after their little work trip. So if they have to go somewhere for a weekend or something like that, they pack a bag, they pack a toothbrush, they pack all their stuff, and then they go back home. And then you, you think about the people, and there's a lot of people that do this, right? To think about the people that pack their bags and hug and kiss and say goodbye to all the people that they love and all the people that they know, and then go to some foreign place and land in some foreign country where they, they can't even understand the signs, right? They're just hoping that somebody's there with their name on a sign that's that looks tall or has the logo of the team that's on time to pick them up at the, at the airport or the train station or wherever. And then they're just walking into uncertainty. They're walking into a new life. And, and the only thing they know, the only connecting factor is basketball, right? Like if you're good at passing it to somebody that can put it in the hoop if you're good at putting in the hoop yourself if you're good at stopping somebody from putting in the hoop that's basically what it comes down to so you're going to a world where the only thing that you know is what you're going to have for practice twice a day right and then you have everything else outside of life where you probably don't know how to work the washer and the dryer you don't know how to work the oven you don't know when you go to a restaurant that water you have to order water that there's not free refills or that what the different signs mean that there's little circles at the end of certain streets that you got to figure out, all right, like who do I stop for? There's no stop sign. How do I navigate this situation? So it's a completely different world. So you talk about the mental toughness required for a person to do that. It's on the next level. So, so with that tweet, one, it's an appreciation of the fact that there's people on earth that go through that every single summer, but also a little bit of empathy for their friends and family that have to say goodbye because that's not easy but also a little bit of, of a, a broader understanding for the people that say, yeah, I want to be a pro, man. I want to travel the world. I want to go overseas. I want to do these things. And they think it's very easy. It's, it's not easy by any means, man. Playing basketball is the easiest part of that. But living your life in, in a different world, it takes some time to adjust to. And now I want to make sure I explain this correctly that there's some beautiful places all over the world, right? Like, like there's some just I don't even want to say any countries in particular, but there's some absolutely beautiful places in the world. So to have a chance to see those places is amazing to have a chance to to hear different sounds and figure out what those sounds mean. So you can make those sounds yourself to order food, to speak to people, to say thank you, to do all those things, just to live your life in a foreign world. It's amazing. I'm a better human for my eyes, having seen some of the different things that I've seen traveling in the world. Yeah, it's, but it's a, it's a great it's adventure. 
it's it's different, but it's different. So you have to understand that these people have to be adventurous. They have to be brave. They have to be willing to make mistakes. They have to be able to learn from those mistakes. They have to be accepting and they have to learn how to deal with different cultures, which is which is amazing, man. Right. Which is amazing. And I'm a father. So I feel like I'm sharing this journey with my kids. I'm sharing this journey with my wife. I'm sharing this journey with our little family as we get a chance to travel the world with basketball the unifying factor, but we're really absorbing all of this and, and taking in as much of this as we can because we're appreciative. We're appreciative for this opportunity. And I, and I truly believe that especially your kids will benefit from it. You know, although it's sometimes stressful to move every, I don't know, maybe three or four years, you know, from city to city. Um, but at the end of the day, as they grow older, I truly believe they will benefit from it and they will highly appreciate, you know, Uh, what you did for them as you know as, as, as parents at the end of the day because uh, you know you're you're making sure that in the other day uh, that at the end of the day there's food on the table that they were able to not just live 20 years in, in the same city which can be cool sure but uh, they they got a chance to you know meet different people get to know places uh, you know see something of the world um, but when we talk about the, the players that are coming uh, to, to Europe especially rookies um, would you say that us as the media or us as clubs have to do a better job to prepare them for what's coming at them I mean I, I think there's two sides to that equation fantastic question I think there's two sides to that, that equation whereas I think Americans, and, and this means their agents and previous coaches, right, have to do a better job preparing rookies for when they come overseas. And I don't know if that's a handbook. I don't know if that's a manual. I don't know if that's like a PDF that has some of the do's and don'ts and expectations of what it's like when you go to whatever country that you're headed to. But I, for sure, I think European teams for sure can do a better job of just making sure that rookies come over with an understanding of what to what to expect but i think that's really hard for certain clubs if it's run by by native domestic people that have per perhaps never traveled the world themselves right sometimes it's hard to anticipate a problem until that problem arises but in terms of simple things like driving stick shift right like that's something that for whatever reason most americans don't do right so you, right. you come over here as an american and somebody hands you a car and says here's the keys you know like we signed everything hey, off luck. everything looks good yeah good luck Right. right. Like, Absolutely. I mean, that literally happened to me in France my, my rookie year. And I left the car at the train station for the first month because I didn't know how to drive it. Right. And I didn't really know who to ask to teach me. So one day, eventually, after everybody laughed at me, like a team meeting or something like that, that one, one of my Greek teammates taught me how to drive. And there was a bunch of jerkiness and going back and forth and, and all the fun that comes with teaching somebody how to drive a stick. But I mean, it was one of the best things to ever happen. And now any given situation i know how to get around from point a to point b in europe driving a stick like i'm it's it's just like driving a normal car except you have something else to do with your hand right yeah. so but but from your own uh experience back in the days in, in france um if somebody would have told you before hey pete you got to drive stick over here you better come in prepared would that have been something that you really cared about at that at that point in time or is it As a, as, you know, from a player's perspective, it's all about the Benjamins. It's about your minutes played. It's about, do I have a nice crib? 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of that <laughs> I mean, has it's, to do it's with, somewhat, yeah. you know, it's it's somewhat, uh, uh, it's not that easy to 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 really, you know, bring a bring uh you know bring it to the to the player's attention. Yeah, but I mean, like you can try, right? Like yeah. so, from the, from the club's perspective, you do what you can, and you can you can live with what you do, and you can look in the mirror and be proud of what you do in your work. So, I mean, I'll, I'll personally, I can only speak from my experience. I don't know about every other player on earth, but I would have put myself in in my young guy's shoes from back then. I would have loved if somebody told me, "Hey, man, here's how it is living in France. You're gonna have to learn how to drive stick. You're probably better off taking some French lessons because nobody's gonna want to speak English to you." You should probably know how to do this, right? Like that would have been great. That would have been wonderful. I for sure would have followed through on that. But the way it really works, I mean, the reality of it is, is I got an I got a phone call from my agent. I was like, hey, man, you leave tomorrow at 6.42 or whatever, and you got to be on the plane. You're going to France. And I was like, all right, great. Yeah. So sometimes you don't even have a chance to plan. Or you plan on going to one country, and you end up in another one. You go to one country, and for whatever reason, things happen. You end up in a different country. It's really hard to lump Europe together into one, just like, all right, that's Europe. Just like it's, it's hard to lump America together, say that's America because there's a lot of different regions. There's a lot of different parts in Europe. There's a lot of different countries there's a lot of different languages. The further North you go, it's a certain way. The further South you go, it's a certain way. There's different weather aspects. There's different cultural aspects. But if somebody could, could have told me, Hey man, prepare yourself for this for sure. I would have done that. I okay. mean, Okay. Once, once, once I'd gone through France, which, which I think did a wonderful job preparing me because it was a difficult cultural shock. Once I did that, any country that I knew that I was going to advance, I would go buy a bunch of books and I would read as much as I could and get to know about it, just trying to prepare myself. Yeah, educate yourself. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. So, so uh, was there any special advice you gave to Mr. Davis before you you signed him, uh, coming coming in as a as a rookie from uh, Cloud State University? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like there's there's little things like I mean, these are tiny little things. So it's, it's going to sound funny, but just explain to him, hey, man, like one, you're going to have to drive stick. You have to know how that works Two, if if you lose a game, you have to clap to the fans. You have to show your appreciation. That's that's such an un-American thing, right? Like when you lose, you're pissed off and you just go in the locker room and punch a wall or something in Europe. You stay and you appreciate the fans. Three, there's there's water that has bubbles in it, and you're just gonna just be sitting there, and you're gonna be like, hey man, like why is there no flavor in my Seven Up, right? Like, yeah. there's so many little. I've been little to practices that were canceled because no, because all the players, or especially the U.S. players, had bubbles in their in their water, and they didn't <laughs> want to practice, you know, because that's not <laughs> what they were used to. It, it seems like such a, a minuscule, little tiny little thing, and it is. But yeah, man, so I did, did my best to fill them in from my own personal experiences and to kind of prepare them. And for sure, that's never enough, right? So he still has to come over here and trip and fall down and learn how to stand up and go through all those experiences himself because it never really means something until you go through it, until you struggle. So I remember going through the, the checkout stand at a, at a grocery store and the lady like telling me in French, which I did not understand, something about your, my bananas, right? And like in America, you get fruit, you put it in a bag, you take it up there, they weigh it, and they charge you money, you pay the money and you leave. Whereas in some stores in Europe, you have to weigh the stuff yourself. So all these little things, you can't prepare somebody for that because it doesn't matter to them until it matters, right? So until it's a problem, they don't need to find a solution. So I did the best I could to prepare them. And some of the things for sure sounded crazy and funny. Maybe he thought I was even joking, but I did the best I could to prepare him just because <laughs> I could relate, man. Like I speak your language. We're from, we're from a similar place. Like we had a similar mindset in terms of, grinding we have a chip on our shoulder we need we need to prove ourselves so 
I did the best I could to prepare them. But every day there's there's something funny that we talk about just as the guys are going through stretching or after practice about something that he learned about how to adapt to life right. in Germany. You I know think that I mean? the most important thing in this regard is being open for the challenges <laughs> because they are everywhere. And, you know, smile at them, welcome them with open arms. Uh, I mean, that there's there could be worse things in life than, than for you sure. know, weighing the for bananas sure. yourself. You know? For sure. Um, as as you as we, we talk about challenges coming to your specific role as as the head coach for the uh, Leuven now, um, what what's changed for you now that that you are the head coach? You've been the assistant coach with Ulm the, uh, for the last three years. Um, how different is it? How how much do you feel like? Yeah, I'm under the magnifying glass now, and I'm more responsible or the person who's responsible for putting the team together first i, I have to thank um and towards the Leibnacht and thomas stoll and andy Ertel for bringing me to um three years ago and allowing me to learn and grow and be a part of that experience so it was wonderful i'm thankful i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that experience so that being said I mean, I, I own a company in America called The Scoring Factory, which is a basketball training academy, and we train pros down to youth. And for years and years and years, I was responsible for the well-being and the operations of making sure that coaches trained players and made those players better. So it was my responsibility, one, to make those players better, to make those coaches better, to make sure that everything ran smoothly, to solve problems, conflict resolution, human resources, everything that goes into that. So perhaps a little bit differently than most people that are in a head coaching role. I feel like I had an amazing life changing, growing experience building a company from literally scratch right. and building it to the level that we train pros all over the world. Guys like DJ Kennedy, guys like Cameron Johnson, who just got drafted number 11 to the Phoenix Suns and all the way down to little kids that are learning how to dribble. Right. So everything in between. So My situation is a little bit different in that I'm I'm used to leading people. I'm used to communicating. I'm used to organization. I'm used to structure. So all of those things, that's just a part of my daily life. I mean, my, my wife and I, and, and more my wife, she's an amazing saint of a woman. I think we do a good job of, of doing everything we can to have structure around our family, to make sure that our kids are clothed, are fed, are being taught, are learning rules, are following rules, have discipline, have a chance to explore, are allowed to make mistakes. So I'm in a situation where I'm used to being around people. I love being around people. I love to locate problems and to find a way to use my brain to solve that problem. So to be able to step into the situation now where I'm in charge That word that you used with stress or all those things that, that are entailed with that with the spotlight, I, I don't I don't even feel that, man. I, I feel very, very thankful. I feel empowered. I feel like I have a chance to to grow and to build and to do something special for this city. I feel like I have a chance to, to help this club reach a new level. I feel like I have a chance to teach players to be better than they've ever been before in their lives, to, to teach a group of people to grow together as one. This is, it's an amazing situation where initially, for sure, there's adrenaline. That's a big part of that. But I think my mindset has been that I'm here to help people. I'm here to teach people. I'm here to help people grow from top to bottom. Everything that I could do, man. Just, I'm naturally a very high motor, 
positive guy. And I feel like Sebastian Schmidt, our, our CEO, has kind of allowed me to step into a role that fits my personality perfectly, right? So to step into the situation where I have a chance to lead practices, I have a chance to be a part of selecting players, I have a chance to be a part of selecting coaches and strength trainers and a chance to observe and watch youth practices and maybe share wisdom, listen to their feedback and to kind of make sure there's a connection and to build those connections all the way through this club from top to bottom. It, it Thus far, it's been wonderful. Thus far, I'm thrilled. Thus far, I'm super excited about what we've done, but I feel like we're just getting started. We're just planting seeds that are going to have a huge impact on the future and how Germans view basketball. And hopefully we're developing more fans as we develop more players. I think you've noticed for sure some of the very, very talented Germans that we've signed. I think we're doing something special here. And, and I, I truly believe in that. And I'm committed to, to building something that everybody here can be very, very proud of in the future. Absolutely. I, I believe from the outside looking in, it looks and I hope, you know, at the end of the day, it's more important what you guys feel. Um, but from the outside looking in, it feels like it's a perfect match with, with you and, and the whole organization, you know, as, as they are up and coming and, and the way you are built as a person and as a, as a coach. Um, and especially when you know, when we talk about those those signings, you know the Karim Yalos, the uh, Kostya Mushidis. Uh, at first, I was I was thinking like, how on God's earth are they able to lure those guys into tiny Braunschweig? Um, but at the end of the day, it, it all makes perfect sense for me. Especially when you, when you look at Kostya and, and Karim, I, I think those two are are made to have outstanding years. I mean, they might not lead the league in scoring, but when, when we talk about... Them, or they might. Or they might. <laughs> or they, they might, might. yeah, probably. Um, but I'm more talking about player development, and I truly believe that this is a a perfect situation, not just given the, the infrastructure, but uh, especially given the, 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 the coaching personnel with, with you. Uh, with all the, the basketball knowledge that's within the, the Braunschweig organization. Yeah, I mean, like, these guys, one, are very talented. Two, I don't think they're showing up to a small town that, that doesn't have a history of basketball. I think they're walking into a situation where they have a chance and they know they have this opportunity to step into a situation that's growing, that has a vision, that has goals, that has ambitions, and that matches all of theirs. And then they have a coach who's in charge that believes in them, that will push them, that will hold them accountable, that will allow them to make mistakes, that will encourage them to fight through those mistakes. These guys, I, I think we're, we're sold in the fact, which is a true fact, and sometimes coaches will say things that sound good, and then three months later they change their mind, right? So the way I look at them is the way I look at every single player. To me, I, I, can, I can care less what your passport says or where you're from. If you can play, if you're willing to work hard, if you're a student of the game, you have a chance with me, right? Because I can relate to that because I'm a little bit of a mixture of everything. I was born in America, but my parents are from different places. My grandparents are from different places. I've had a chance to travel the world. So I, I view myself as a human. I'm not really from any particular place. I'm a guy, right? So I can appreciate the fact that there's a lot of different people on earth. And everybody has their, their quirks and their, their weirdness or their differences. And I think the world's a better place because of that. But these players, if they're hungry, 
if they're ambitious, if they're if they're willing to work hard and learn and study the game, these players are going to come here, and I'm not looking at them as oh look at these these little Germans. These are super talented guys. These are guys that that are going to play at a very very high level. I feel lucky and fortunate that we're able to get these guys here. But I think these guys feel the same way on on their side from their perspective. So these are guys that are going to come in, are going to have very very big roles for us, and it can be a huge part of what we do. And my hope is that we can kind of transform the, I mean, who are we, who are we in little tiny Braunschweig to say that we can have such a huge impact on German basketball, but I promise we'll try. So from my perspective, what we'll do is we'll put these guys in positions and roles where they can shine and they will help us win games. And hopefully we, we help change the mindset of Germans themselves where they realize, Hey man, we're talented. Hey man, we're good. Hey, we can be great at basketball. I think you see right now, there's some very, very talented Germans in the EuroLeague and the NBA, but I feel like we're just scratching the surface. There's right. talent left and right all over the place, man. And, and I have a deep respect for soccer and, and everything that soccer represents for this country. And I know soccer is number one, but basketball is this beautiful sport that I happen to love and I'm passionate about. And I see a lot of talent and potential talent walking the streets of every big city all over Germany, man. And then you, you have these people like Lucas Vonk, who's another guy that, that you didn't even mention his name. This dude is super talented. This yeah, dude but, is or, super Or look driven. at a guy like Garay Tape, who came in exactly. from Frankfurt. I mean, Garay has, has not been one of the most heralded players from the 97 generation, but the kid can play, and he, he's proven that over, over the last couple of years in, in Frankfurt. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I, at some point in time, I'd love to invite you to watch a practice and to see, see what these guys look like. Because these guys bust their butt every single day. And these guys make good decisions. These guys fight. These guys compete. These guys play great defense. These guys, they're talented, right? So I don't understand why sometimes coaches limit players based on, okay, he's an importer, he's a non-import. I'm going to play the best guys. I'm going to play the guys that, that work the hardest and that give us a chance to win. And at the end of the day, we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll adjust and we'll come back the next day and do, do the same thing again. So these guys, thus far, I'm thrilled with them. I'm, I'm thrilled with their work ethic. I'm thrilled with their desire. I'm happy to have them here. I think they're happy to be here. I think they all understand because we've made it crystal clear what our goal is, what our mission is, how they fit into that, and how this all kind of comes together and connects us together into Braunschweig. Yeah. And and remind people of you know what Braunschweig is is made of. Um, as you already touched uh, touched it. I mean Braunschweig has a has a long history in, in German basketball. I mean, when we talk about all those games uh, held, being held in the Alte Waage, I don't know if you you ever been there. Have you have you been there back in the days? I've heard about it. No, no, I've not never yet. Been there, but I've heard about it. You yeah, got you got to go there. It's it's one of the. I mean, it's a super tiny gym, but it's it's a great environment. It's a great gym where you know the likes of uh, Daniel Thais, Dennis Schröder once played. But but back in the in the nineties and, and and even eighties, you know the uh, Stein brothers. Uh, played there. It's a it's a great place. It's a great city that has produced so so many great, not just German players, but There's yeah, tradition it's, it's, it's tradition. And I, I truly believe that, um, especially for, for players, to know that when you give everything you got, that even when you make a mis uh, mistake on when you make a mistake on on the floor. Uh, you hustle back on defense. You give it your all. You know, people will recognize this and, and and cheer cheer you on and, and um you know be with there for you even in the even in bad times when you when you have, when you are on a little losing streak and they will uh clap your back and and you know they they will have your backs 
Um, to close this one out, Pete, um, we you got to give us some some insights, some some deep thoughts here, um, as you are looking for for your first uh, season as the head coach with with Braunschweig. What are you looking forward to the most once the season starts? Personally, what what do you feel like this this season might might you know might be as a head coach? The, I mean, from my perspective, my first game is going to be super exciting, right? Like my second game is going to be my second game ever. My third game is going to be my third game ever. So every single game will have a special meaning and every single game will be a learning opportunity for me as a, as a first year head coach in the Bundesliga. I mean, it's the second best league in Europe, right? So a super high level. So for me as the first year entering into this and walking into this, I think there's a certain level of, of natural excitement, but there's also a little bit of I want to maximize the time we have in preseason to make sure things are as close to right as possible, right? So I feel like we're taking advantage of every last second we have in terms of efficiency and making sure we're putting in the right things. Guys are prepared. We're reviewing. We're teaching. And that's a constant process. And that's the European season is so long, man. So we're talking about 10 months that I'm prepared and excited to go through this entire process of this entire season to learn and to grow. But in terms of what I'm looking forward to the most, I'm honestly looking forward to everything, man. Like, I'm the type of guy that I, I enjoy the layovers. I enjoy the long bus rides. I enjoy bonding and communicating, getting to know guys. I, I feel very, very thankful to, to have picked and been a part of selecting and having amazing assistant coaches. I think our strength coach is, is phenomenal. So to share knowledge and gain knowledge and communicate back and forth with these guys every day is wonderful. But I really enjoy the personalities with the players on our team. And there's always a little bit of a separation, right, from coaches to players. But I think, I think you can bond and I think you can have a common ground. And I think you can have a certain rapport with players, right? Like there has to be a line and there has to be a certain level of respect. And I have no problem to draw that line. And I think I'm very, very strict, but I think I'm clear. And I think they know that. And I think they feel that. But when you're away from the court, to, to talk about politics or this or sports or who signed where in the NBA or all those different things that just kind of happen in, in current events, I think it's nice to, to stimulate conversation and get to know those guys. So I'm, I'm looking forward to everything. I, I look forward to every single part of it. As you mentioned, I know the league well. I know the different arenas. I know the travel. I have friends in different places. I know coaches from different coaching staffs. There's there's players that play for different teams that I know and I've interacted with. They're former friends or players that we've trained or coached. I, I feel very, very comfortable here in Germany. I can't speak highly enough about how nice it is to raise a family in such a safe, warm environment. But just in terms of basketball, I'm, I'm looking forward to every single part of it, man. It's, it's a fantastic league. There's amazing fan involvement. The arenas are loud. I'm, I'm looking forward to game one, and then I'm looking forward to game two, and then I'm looking forward to game three, and I think that process will just continue. And I'll be looking forward to the work in between and all throughout that. I'm the type of guy that just kind of appreciates and works hard every single day and accepts things for what they are and works harder to make them better. And, and hopefully we'll have a chance to check back with you uh, somewhat, let's say, 16, 17 games into the season to, you know, check back what, what's the status quo and if everything has been working out so far uh, the way you wanted it to, to work out. Uh, so, so when you say you want to interact with uh, players, uh, the final question would be, so that tells me there will be no, no headphones, no smartphones uh, at team dinner events? 
Absolutely not. At a team dinner, no, never. I mean, I mean, we're going to take advantage of that time to get to know each other, right? Like at a team dinner, no. On a bus ride, that's completely different, right? Guys are traveling. I want them to sleep and rest and do whatever it is that makes them feel comfortable. We're also, as coaches, guilty sometimes of having a phone in our hand, right? So that's the world we live in. That's acceptable. But in terms of at a meal, no, never. Before we close this one out, special thanks to Braunschweig's spokeswoman Fabian Bu for making this interview possible. Shout out to coach Peach Robel for a super fun talk and sharing his thoughts on numerous aspects of pro-life in Europe. As we'll have an eye on Braunschweig this year, I hope to welcome him back on the podcast around mid-season for a little status update. In the meantime, feel free to follow Pete on Twitter at Peachtrobel and also don't forget to hit us on Instagram at somethingbasketball and leave some feedback on whatever platform you've been listening to this very episode. Until then, substitution, I'm out.